All right, back in here on The Fan. Coming up in 20 minutes, what was the most damaging thing for Stefanski this past week? I'll tell you my revelation. But now let's get to The Fan Focus. All right, leading us off, it's Ken and Lima on Ken's revelation on Kevin Stefanski. See, this is what we're doing. I have mine in 20 minutes. We have Ken's now right here on The Fan. It is not that he doesn't know any better. He's not dumb. There, Kevin Stefanski might be a lot of things. He ain't no dummy. The issue is, is that he is just not comfortable doing anything else. He is, he is married to the system. He is absolutely like, like Ozzy and Harriet, man. And that's probably the only reference you're ever going to hear to that show on this station. Um, he is married to the system. It's Mackenzie's favorite show. I mean, show, it is. Oh yeah, she's he a big never fan. stops talking about Ozzy and Harriet. Um, he is. He he will not. He has his thing, and he will not get out. Think about this. Well, the offense is going to be different. Has the offense been different over the first the first three games that Deshaun Watson played? Has it been much different? Much different. Other though. than the Tennessee game, because you didn't have Nick Chubb, and so you had to kind of do some things there. Has it been? I mean, think about this, guys. Has it been stark raving different? Are you talking Go, about formations? Yes. Go, now, I'm talking about all of it. How it, how there's different looks, how there's different... And schemes is a bad thing, because I think scheme is just a word that stupid people just throw in there like, oh, he doesn't have good schemes. What schemes mean? We just throw the word out there. But different ways to... Like, he'll, he'll scheme people open. Well, yeah, guys can get schemed open. But are you running an offense that is going to be tailored for your quarterback? Can you really... Can you coach to your personnel? Can you coach to your personnel? Can we ask guys to do what they're capable of doing? And can you do it and, on the fly? Can you adjust yes. during a season, during a game? And I and I think my biggest question is, like, people have called up and said really angry things about the head coach this week. And my whole thing is, yeah, I know we're angry, but I don't want to make a crazy decision. Like, people just want to, like, get rid of them out of anger. And I'm like, no, you can't make big decisions like that angry. I agree with not being able to make big decisions while angry. I I think the interesting part to me was, I think what we got shown this week is that it's not that he can't scheme, whatever you want to say, to the players he has. It's just he didn't want to when it came down to Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He does it for Deshaun. He puts the work in for Deshaun. The part I got upset with is that it felt like last week I spent more time talking about the Browns and preparing for the Browns-Ravens than he did. That's a problem. It's a big problem when I think that. It might not be true, but when I think that, and I do a five-hour radio show, and there's prep involved, and there's everything else involved, I spend a lot of time thinking about these games. When I think that, that's a real issue. I've never thought that about Stefanski in any other game, where I'm like, wait, I, I spent more time thinking about the game plan than you did? But when you copy and paste the first 15 plays that you had for Deshaun, and you try to make that for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I'm left with no other choice but to believe that you didn't spend much time on that game relative to what you should have. Relative to what you should have. Uh, and that's the part that I was disappointed in when it came to Kevin Stefanski this past weekend. All right, next up. Nick on Christmas decorations being out in stores already. This is an evergreen complaint. I repeat, an evergreen complaint. But we have officially reached the time of the year where everybody and their mother, and this was this was uh, tipped off by Daryl Ryder on his Facebook Posting a picture at, I believe, one of the big box stores, um, or sorry, the surplus stores, with uh, with with Christmas stuff out. 
And it was Daryl who has never met a complaint that he will not jump headfirst into. Don't call me dangerous for nothing. Completely and furiously typing away at how ridiculous it is that in the first week of October, Christmas stuff is out and how this is outlandish and how... And I simply say, why does it matter? I just... I, I listen, I I have been known to have an evergreen complaint or two, one or two, or a thousand. But why do you care if the Christmas stuff is out already? Guys, just don't buy it. Couldn't agree more. It wasn't just Daryl. I actually wrote it down because I saw it earlier in the day, too. I saw Daryl, but I saw somebody else that I know on, on the Book of Faces out there complaining about the same exact thing. Doesn't bother you. Who cares? They want to start Christmas in July, which some beer companies do, by the way. I don't care. You want to celebrate Christmas every month? It doesn't bother me. Uh, but I'm not the greatest call for this either. I married a Jewish woman, and now my daughter is Jewish, and I am basically giving up Christmas moving forward because uh, it comes down to me celebrating it or we don't do it. And I just don't care enough, if I'm being honest. That was the, that was the debate we had last, uh, last winter. My wife goes, well, hey, it's your holiday. You want to you wanna celebrate it? You put up the tree, you put up the lights, your house, you do whatever you want to do, uh, but you're the one doing the work on it. I said, guess we're not having Christmas this year. <laughs> I said, where's the menorah? Get out the lights. Where's the menorah? It's a true story. Very true story. Baskin and Gulick on manager salary for the Guardians. In 2018, Tito was making $4 million here. Okay. So, I mean, you have to, I mean, that was 2018. I, I think it's a fair assumption to think that he was making more than $4 million. Sure. And if you put him, even if you put him at $4 million plus, that would have put him in like the top five in the payroll for the players. So, I mean, look, let's face it. The Guardians just cut some cash. If Tito's not the manager anymore, they save some money. Well, if, depending they? on what they're going to bring in. I say it depends who they bring in. Do you think they're going to spend more than $4 million on a manager? No I, way. Uh, I think it's possible. No I, way. I don't think no that way. the and Guardians just, uh, are putting their, their decision to figure out what they're going to pay their coaching staff lumped in the same budget line item of what they're going to spend on players. I, I don't believe they run it that way. Yeah, I think Brendan's right. I, I agree with that as well. I, I, I feel like you know, Kevin Cash was making like a million dollars last year. Guardians might not be the biggest spenders on the block. They're, they're definitely not uh, Rockefeller when it comes to buying players. When it comes to paying their coaches, Antonetti and Chernoff have not been here for a million years while both being approached by the Mets, where Steve Cohen is just basically throwing money like he's Mr. Moneybags at everybody. Because he literally is. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the type of guy that can wipe hundred dollar, you know, wipe his butt with hundred dollar bills. Like he is he is just chock full of cash, and he's basically taking a lighter to all of it and trying to get rid of it as much as he can in the name of trying to win a World Series. I, you don't have a guy like that. That is approaching them and not offering them a ridiculous amount of money. So the Guardians got to be paying pretty pennies over there when it comes to the guys they know matter the most. The long-term guys they know matter the most. And when it comes to baseball managers, it's not its not even like NFL. NFL, you know, you can make $12, $13, 14000000 million a year. What's a top-end baseball manager make? You're not seeing it too high in the, what, five, six, seven million, somewhere in there. I remember when Mike Matheny managed the Cardinals. And then, like, three years after him managing the Cardinals, he was broke. And you're like, how is he broke? He made some bad real estate investments, but you shouldn't be broke after being a manager of a baseball team for a decade. Like, yeah, he didn't make much. He was making, like, 900 grand most years. He didn't make much. 
Ah, okay. That's, that's something new. All relative. Uh, I'll gladly sign up for nine hundred grand a year to run any baseball team, okay? I, I'll run it. I'll manage it. I'll sit in the corner drinking coffee and yelling sabermetrics at you if that's what you want for $900,000 a year. I am open for business. Ken and Lima. And Lima going to the zoo today. Going to the zoo today? We're going right after the show. I can't wait for you to go to the zoo. I wish I knew. I would have. Me and Lizzie would have went with you. I swear I have not been to the zoo since I was a teenager. You are about to embark on so much fun. <laughs> I have missed out. I, on you're going to enjoy this. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, do I love... I'm not kidding you. I love the zoo. I think you were thinking of like, oh, God, we got to do this patty cakes crap again, and I was going to agree with you. I love the zoo. It's going to be so much fun. Did you ever get the membership? Yes. Yes. We had it you for did years. You Because it's easy because... You're not there yet, yeah. but three, four years from now, you need to get the membership. Yeah. Does Sarah have any friends with kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get that membership and get it going in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's a big play date. Everything's good. You get to see get to see the elephants. Our, now our zoo has always stacked up pretty favorably, right? It, it's yeah. a good zoo. I think it's a really. I've been to a ton of zoos. The, I, zoo, the zoo power rankings. I've been to the Columbus Zoo. I've been to the Cleveland Zoo. I've been to the Pittsburgh Zoo. Uh, give me wow. the Cleveland Zoo any day. I love zoos, brother. Why have you been to that many zoos? Because I love zoos. <laughs> I love looking at the animals. <laughs> uh, Cleveland Zoo is great. I think everyone knows that. It is also one of those things I've done with my wife where we've taken our seven-month-old baby that is, you know, obviously not seven months old when we did all these things. We went to the aquarium. We went to the, the, the Patterson's farm like I talked about. We've gone to the zoo. She has no idea if she's at the grocery store or the zoo. She's got no idea what's going on. But we do these things because we love her and we think it matters, even though we, we all know that it doesn't. But the zoo was fantastic. Now, the zoo's wild as well. Because a zoo, you can be so close to a giraffe, I don't even know how that's legal to be that close to that giraffe. Comes up, you're feeding it uh, different types of uh, spinach and stuff and different types of leaves. And you're like, how are we doing this? For $5, you can feed a giraffe. What world do we live in where for $5 in Ohio, I can feed a giraffe? That's insane to me. But that's what happens at the zoo. And I love it. As I gotten older, I've appreciated the zoos more and more. When I was younger, I didn't care for zoos that much. I remember going to the San Diego Zoo and being bored to tears best zoo in the world apparently and i was like let's go to legoland instead i didn't like it but as i've gotten older it might just be the cleveland zoo i don't know but i like zoos now when i was in houston i used to walk around this park that was right next to a zoo and so you basically got like a quarter of the zoo for free if you walked in one direction i don't know i like stick my little dog there i don't know a little blue tick beagle i take my little beagle and walk around and then you could see all the different animals and everything just like my seven month old baby I had no idea what was going on but i enjoyed it Dogs and babies. They get a lot of comps these days in my life for some reason. Next up, Nick and, well, Nick was solo today. Nick on what Thursday night football taught him with Ron Rivera last night. You cannot convince me that last night's Thursday night football, where Washington came out, as I qu- or, and I quote, like a wet fart note, you cannot convince me otherwise that that was directly contributed to by the way the Philadelphia game ended. And I think we get into this. Like, I think Ron Rivera has as much respect as you can have in an NFL locker room because he played in the NFL, because he has a Super Bowl ring as a former player, because he he earned his bones as a defensive quality control coach and then as a linebacker coach and then as a defensive coordinator. 
and then as a head coach with Cam Newton in Carolina. So you look at it, oh, and then you meet the guy, and he, honestly, guys, he's intimidating as hell. Not because he's a mean guy, but just because he's a very stoic, serious guy with an immense gravity to who he is. And we get this thought in our head, though, that in the NFL, at any point, a coach has 100% buy-in. And I think last night proves, and this is the true warning sign for Kevin Stefanski, and I hope he pays heed. I hope he's paying attention because there are signs like this every single week in the NFL. We all think that how it goes, it's 100%. Players are 100% in on you. Players can like you. Players can respect you. But just like it's your own job, you can like your own coach. You can like your own uh, bosses. But they make decisions. And when they make decisions that either make your performance suffer or make the company suffer, your buy-in does fall, even if it only files from 95% to 85%. Exactly right. And there's one thing within Kevin Zafanski in this past week where I think what Nick was talking about, the buy-in, not only among fans, but also among some of the players. Maybe it didn't go that deep from, you know, 95 to 85, somewhere around there, like Nick was talking about, but it definitely got dinged. I'll explain what that is and more. Want to hear from you guys, 216474 to below 92. You guys been wanting to rip on Stefanski? Open phone lines coming next. What was the most damaging thing for Stefanski this past week? It's overtime with Jonathan Bidlin here with you on The Fan.